If you were in front of a firing squad, what would your last meal be? Ooh. Well, it's funny because, you know, your normal one is always, what do you have for breakfast? And honestly, what I have for breakfast today was really good. So we're going to go with that for now. So it'll answer both questions, which was breakfast sausage, these gluten-free pancakes with this homemade blueberry compote, and just a breakfast salad. Just delightful, yummy breakfast food. <laughs> awesome. Always a fan of the sausage. <laughs> I really can. Uh, I mean, and I'm all about local organic stuff, and it's just so good. We have this company hickory nut gap and it's just delightful so nice subversion there <laughs> welcome to music on your own terms the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 131. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. My resident marketing expert, Joanna Haggerty, returns 100 episodes after her first appearance to catch us up with what she's been doing lately and talks about her new upcoming course, Art Hero, that will coach creatives in how to run their business. We also hear about Joanna's recent experience as a festival event staff member and what that was like in a COVID world. The main part of our discussion revolves around the silver bullet mentality, the easy path to success that society craves, and what the reality really is when it comes to building your business. Finally, Joanna picks this episode's musical guest in the form of one of her marketing clients, the Alex Krug Combo. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. 
Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined again by my good friend, Joanna Haggerty. How are you doing? I'm doing well, despite a tiny little cold I've been getting over recently. How are you? I'm I'm good. Also uh, trying to kick something, you know, a bit chesty from the last couple of weeks. The summer colds get you, you know. Oh, it's been terrible. So today's episode is titled The Ultimate Silver Bullet to Success. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. Just so... We, we, we title that up front. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. But yeah, let's let's do a bit of a catch up. This is actually going to be the 100th episode. Or, sorry, 100 episodes since you were on the first time. Wow. So, which is kind of in- incredible. I can't, I can't remember when that was, but it's been 100 episodes. It was like November, December of 2019. Or f- late, Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. time. <laughs> so pre- was that pre-pandemic? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's do a bit of a catch-up. What have you been up to? Well, it's such a pleasure to be on here. I was just talking to some of my local friends about our relationship and meeting on Instagram through our businesses and, and just collaborating and how fun it's been to just have this touch point yeah. for, I guess, almost two years. We're getting into that, which is really cool. And for me... What a freaking whirlwind this last experience has been, I'd say. But right now, I am in the one of the best positions I've probably ever been professionally, which is really exciting. I'm just sitting on the precipice of launching this whole new business, this whole new wing of online digital programming. And I'm really sinking into like really enjoying the clientele that I'm working with right now, which is I tend to do coaching in the entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. sector, as you know. And so I really love, I have probably 15 or so clients right now and they just light me up. I, you know, I had two or three meetings today with them and these women are redesigning websites and doing new marketing strategies and, and really getting into it from how they want to. And it's just so empowering to me to see that. So yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Of course, the pandemic has had many highs and lows, but I luckily get to mostly work from home mm. when I want to. Um, and so I've just been able to keep doing that and looking forward to the whole new leg of my journey and, and launching Art Hero, which is the next business. So, so can you talk about that yet? Or Oh, yeah. The website is technically live. You can go visit arthero.biz and go check it out and get signed up for the newsletter. But it's like inching ever to the finish line. And I think that this is a perfect segue when we get into the topic of the silver bullet conversation as to how challenging business can be and how many highs, how many lows, how many successes, how many stop gaps that there really can be. And so Art Hero is born out of all of that success and failure. And one of the things that I know about artists, creatives, we don't go learn traditional business. You and I have talked about this so many times. This is why you have your podcast. This is why we relate. Because we're like, yo, Mm -hmm. you're a business owner. So what I have been able to do is take continuing education classes, high level knowledge of business planning, things that you're learning in Harvard classes, things that you're learning in really, you know, Ivy League schools and break it down in a way that you and I can digest it and and want to execute these things. I don't want to feel like you have to sit behind a computer or stare at a wall full of numbers and data for you to fully understand business. I want you to get to the point 
understand how to use these things to your advantage so you can get back to the things that you love doing, playing music, you know, building art, creating community. That's really what we want you to do. But if you learn these few business things, you're going to be more successful. So over the course of, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 years now of building this business and career, I've distilled business planning for artists down into five buckets. And so my online program just walks you through those five different pieces of business planning knowledge and gives you those basic tools and helps you set yourself up for success. So the thing that I love about what I did that's different is I've taken many business classes. I've learned from a lot of people. I'm so grateful for what I've been able to learn. A lot of it's pretty stale. A lot of it's pretty boring. A lot of it's uh, kind of like, you know, eating dry toast. And I, I know as artists and creatives, we want it lathered in butter or, you know, smothered in syrup. And so I've tried to really make it creative and fun and engaging. You've got videos of me being ridiculous and goofy and off the cuff like I am and an amazing over a hundred page workbook with exercises, activities, and things that work for every different learning style, you know? So I'm just really stoked about it and also find it to be so fascinating because having this touch point with you, that idea is something that I thought would be launched within a few months of that first podcast. And here I am still at the precipice of getting it to the forefront. And it is better than I could have ever dreamed and imagined it would be. But it's still not done. And it takes the time it takes. So I'm learning benchmarks over deadlines is a really mm-hmm. important way to mark my personal business. So <laughs> that's, that's the short and skinny, but there's a lot more to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I look forward to checking it out for sure. So... You just went to a festival to work. How was that? Let's bring, some, let's bring some music into it. Yeah. So Floyd Fest is in Floyd, Virginia, and it's gorgeous. So I live in Asheville, North Carolina, as you know, and that's a part of the Blue Ridge Mountains, and it, they just go so far up. And so that's up in Floyd, which is a couple hours away from me. So it's a different part of my mountains that I get to go and see. And so the landscape is stunning. And Floyd Fest is all about bringing community and arts and diversity. One of the things that I love about what they do is they always have this on the rise series, which are these younger up and coming bands. And so they get, you know, some of the biggest headliners from the region to be able to come and bring the the participants get the numbers up, get people excited, and then you get to be exposed to local newer music. And in fact, I've seen a lot of bands who started as on the rise Floyd Fest bands who now are touring all over the country and really having major success. So that's a really amazing thing that they do. And it was fun because I just was helping one of my colleagues out on like a staff parking vendor volunteer parking Mm. camping lot which is so out of the norm of me normally event producing the whole thing or doing hospitality and working with artists and creatives so I had a blast I was parking cars and helping people solve problems and camping right beside cows and it was Mm. a lot of fun to just get back into that world and I was very grateful to do that in a safe way in such a crazy time right now Mm. and yeah see some great music I got to see the Ava Brothers which is a band that I actually went to college you know they grew up in the area I went to college in and so I got to just have this reminiscent feeling and yeah just meet a whole bunch of new people and see people just out and enjoying life, which is 
beautiful cool. thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Was it? I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but do you, did you see any big differences between pre-COVID events and you know just getting back into it events? I like, mean, what was what was the vibe like? <laughs> there's definitely the getting your sea legs kind of thing <laughs> happening, I would say. And I would feel like it was my first time working the event. So I haven't seen the infrastructure before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know how to compare that event necessarily directly from pre and post. But what I do know is that everybody is a little overwhelmed. We're so excited to get back out. We're so excited to communicate and see music and be together. We're still not sure to do that in the best, safest way. So it's a little bit of a bumbling around and kind of just trying to be the best we can. But what I do know pre and post, the attitude that usually is around festivals, we're going to make it work. We're all here together. That was still there. And that is the core thread that you really want to have, right? For sure. So. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm definitely looking at tickets for for shows and stuff. I'm like, oh, I'd really like to see that show. But then, then the back of the mind is like, yeah, I know the numbers are up in Texas and it's starting to look a bit sketchy again. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, only, I think you can only see right. And people for you and I who you know have our own health issues, we have to be really thoughtful. And I have yeah. a mother who I just was able to move up here. She's disabled. I have to be really conscious for myself and everyone else. So. In the music and arts world, we have to really be on the forefront of being safe. And in fact, one of the events I'm throwing in September is an outdoor COVID safe event, right? We started playing this over a year ago and we were like, we don't know what the world's going to be. So we just decided to like preemptively make it. You can come in your own little pods. You can kind of experience the event on your own. And I'm really excited that we're able to still communicate and bring community together even in these crazy times. Mm. Fantastic. Let's talk about your podcast. You're, you're, you're basically a celebrity in the Asheville oh, area now. Yeah, and you, you're up to what, 35 episodes now, I think? Oh my gosh. I don't even know, honestly. I, think, I, I looked earlier today. I think that's what the website said. So, that's so I exciting. mean, what, what are your favorite moments so far? You know, I actually just had an interview with one of our local papers, the Mountain Express, earlier today, too, which was fun. And they kind of asked me a little bit. And one of the things that I love about it is I'm not really chasing the numbers in my podcast right now. I don't really care if there's thousands of listeners right now, because what I'm trying to do is get the people who have been working their asses off to build businesses and live creative lives, the exposure they deserve. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving them a platform to step up. So it might not be the biggest name celebrity I know or the biggest name people that I have on my roster of lists because I care more about the people who are really walking that walk and, and exhibiting that because I want other people who are just starting on that journey to realize that they don't have to be where someone else is. They can be where they are and they can see a little bit of that process. So I have just loved being able to just, just like this, right? Chat with you and just bring people and share their stories and move them through a conversation and distill it down to a point that other creatives really learn from. So I just think having everyone I've been able to have and and just getting that exposure has just been so wonderful. And 
I work with a local station, Biz Radio. So it's also a radio show that also can be podcast and put out. Mm. And I don't actually have to do the tech production. <laughs> I'll tell you, that is also one of my favorite parts. Like working in a jealous. team. Yeah, working <laughs> in a team and having other people. And the fact that I get to say, go to bizradio.com and check mm. out the fact that it's not just me telling creative stories. It's people who are talking about accounting. It's people who are talking about real estate. It's people who are talking about entrepreneurialism across the board. Like I'm in a community of people who talk about this stuff and I just get to bring kind of the arts culture section to the table section to the table. <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really cool too, that you, you know, you mentioned you're not chasing the numbers because it, it kind of assuming it stays live, you know, I, 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 I intend to have my podcast stay live for as, you know, long into the future as possible. It's kind of an evergreen thing where you get the chance right. to provide a platform for that person to tell their story. Yeah. But, you know, they don't have to be this mega, you know, mega uh, star that's told their story on, on interviews like dozens of times over. But this may be the only time they've actually been able to tell their story. So I, I and you get that's to one be, thing that I really like too. Yeah. And you get to be a part of their story, right? You get to mm. be, like you said, the part of the piece that is, wow, for the first time ever, you are someone who marks my story now, right? We were just talking about art hero was an idea I had when I did the first podcast. And now here we are ever inching closer and closer to that. So <laughs> absolutely. Any other things you want to touch on before we get stuck into the meat and potatoes of the episode? I'm excited to get in the meat and potatoes. Like I said, I'm also really excited to get back into event production. That was mm. one of the things that getting into the festival really helped me realize is I'm not sure I could be the person working 80 hours in a week anymore, but I am someone who really still loves events and bringing community. And I am thrilled. This event that we're doing on my friend's private property land in September is going to be in freaking sane. Like I have an artist friend who's going to grad school right now for sculpture and reclaiming nature and turning it into art. And she is, you're going to freak out when I tell you some of the stuff, but one of the things mm. that she's doing is making porcelain molds. It's going to turn into this sculpture of this beautiful goddess. Then she's going to plant mushroom spores of our local native mushrooms inside of it so that you can walk inside this sculpture giant thing and then you're seeing like mushrooms growing around you so it's art it's nature it's reclaiming things like it's just going to be so powerful so beautiful it's something that I'm really passionate about bringing back right I love being able to be on podcasts using zoom for my sessions but I need to go stick my feet on the earth too I need to go yeah. get back outside and get into nature and so this event is all about kind of bringing the best sides of humanity all together and reconnecting back to mother earth and nature. And I just cannot wait. I'm going to start launching that marketing effort next week. The event's called bear moon Ascension. So that sounds cool. Yeah. All right. So we said at the beginning of the episode, the ultimate silver bullet to success is the title. Guess what? It was clickbait. Da, there da, is no da. such thing. <laughs> Discuss. Yeah, so, I mean, basically my idea was to discuss why there is no such thing as a silver bullet. I mean, yeah. it's society's, like, obsession with the quick way out. It doesn't well, exist. one it's of the work. best things that I have learned about building this course, right, is going through all these things, working with my colleagues, distilling this knowledge and information, 
you have to understand different business models. So one of the business models that gets blown up and gets put into this silver bullet is the luxury business model. And luxury or this Insta-famous or this thing like that is something that can have a silver bullet sometimes, right? It is like one one thousandth of a percentage. And so what happens is you are able to have a king or queen back in the old days say, we love your work. Then you become Louis Vuitton and you're a brand forever, right? Like when you are able to get validated by somebody, there is a whole different kind of experience that your business can have. But let's be honest, that is not most of the businesses we're going to be able to build. The luxury business model almost always needs a famous or million billionaire person validating you, which just doesn't happen often. And that's okay. That is okay. So I am wanting to validate why sometimes Mm -hmm. the silver bullet gets overplayed because there is every now and then that shot, right? We have the American idols. We have the few things that you cut through, but the truth is that is not how I'm going to build my business. That's not truly going to be the sustainable answer. And you're waiting for someone else to build your dream. That's bullshit. So the point is, If you're not a luxury business model and you aren't already Paris Hilton or someone who knows everybody, you are not going to be able to be successful if you don't do the work, if you don't understand the frameworks of what business looks like, and if you don't decide your specific marketing tactics, your specific strategies, your specific brand, if you don't understand those things, you are shooting in the dark. And then you're mad when the dark is banging you up and against a wall or, you know, get a darn flashlight and make sure you can see what direction you're heading in. (laughs) Right. I mean, but even then, I mean, your example was Louis Vuitton. I mean, I'm sure I don't know anything about Louis Vuitton, you know, but I'm sure Louis Vuitton didn't just say, hey, I'm going to design a handbag one day. He no, that's what I mean. Literally, it was like back in the- some like work to, to figure out the design stuff. No, he no, must no. Have gone to college. Or... No, no. Let me explain. Louis Vuitton okay, is a family heir name back yeah. in the 1800s. And so Louis Vuitton, the original was actually like a suitcase maker, like these amazing mm. things like that would travel on boats across country, you know? And yes, he got validated by, I forget what king it was, some France king, some, you know, big name person. So Louis Vuitton, the original, was validated. His son, the name, all he had to do was then be like, well, now what do I want to do? And yes, it still had to be good product. Yes, it has to be luxury. Yes, you have to sell it a certain way. I'm not discrediting that too, but Louis Vuitton started (laughs) much longer and it was validated through an actual nobleman. Like most luxury businesses traditionally were noblemen. Nowadays, again, we have billionaires who have become our kings and queens of the day. So, But he still, I mean, my point was that the original must have had that 10,000 hours of absolutely. building his craft. Yes. Because you don't, you don't get come out of the womb making suitcases. You 100%. Know. So there's always work to be put in up front. Yeah. So that's my, that's my point. I love it. And I'm all about it. I just, I do want to, I wanted to just unpack a little bit of why it gets so misconstrued, I think, but do the freaking work, show up. It's going to (laughs) happen. And I I like, I I just want to reference a previous episode. I interviewed Brianna uh, Rellis not too long ago and she has made a, she was, she was a final, uh, Top 100 in, I think it was season four of American Idol. 
And she's gone on to create this course to use American Idol or, or talent shows in general as a tool for marketing. Yes. So even if you don't, you know, become the winner or, yes. or in the top 10, you can still use the experience as your marketing tool. Absolutely. So, and, and honestly, that that episode shifted my mindset because I was really, uh, you know, uh, a, a reality TV show hater because, mm. you know, I just don't like the fact that, you you know, people think that you can make this um, life-changing event and you're, you're in star. It sugarcoats it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, but, but she, she flipped, flipped that idea on its head and said, you know what? You probably won't win, but if you have your marketing, your email list and everything in yes. place, yes. then go on the show. You've instantly got this, like, you know, millions or whatever the, each show's, you know, viewers is to kind of like expose your music to. And, and then bring them over to, to your merch, the bring them to your yeah, Patreon, bring exactly. them to whatever. No, I completely agree. And that is why I, I sort of sometimes relate creativity and arts-based businesses to sports, right? It's a numbers mm. game. It really yeah. is. And so you have to just continue taking shots and you're not expected to make every freaking shot you make. Like no athlete is able to have a hundred percent record, but these artists will send out one email, get nothing back. And then they're mm -hmm. sitting alone, just like damaged and hurt. And I get that. Like, it's hard to put yourself out there, but you are choosing to use this as your profession, right? If you don't want this to be your profession, go do it as a hobby like I do. That's great too. But if it's your profession, you have to be willing to go through the rejection process, willing to get the numbers so that you get the financial support you need to be successful and grow. Absolutely. And I'll reference another one. Uh, Derek Sivers came up. So he, Derek Sivers was the uh, founder of uh, CD Baby and it's not Derek uh, cool. Sivers. Nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> Scratch, Scratch that. that. Reverse. Scratch that. It was, uh, oh, what's his name? The Patreon founder. Uh, also the, the guy that did Pomplamoose. Oh, why am I blanking on his name? We can pause. You can look it up. <laughs> I, I might have to. Let's see. Pomplamoose is da, 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 da. Jack Conti. That, that was it. Jack Conti. Okay, so... Jack Conti did a, a thing about getting, it was a video talk about getting stuff done and not waiting six months to edit a drum loop. Um, but the point of the thing was, he said was that everything is, is funnels. And you know, you, you, like you just said, you, you, yeah. you can't send one email. You, you have to send a, a thousand emails and get maybe 10 responses for one interview. Yeah. You know, it's a funnel. Well, and actually from a marketing perspective too, I think sometimes People misunderstand that too. Like, yes, you have to send out a thousand, you might get a small percentage, but then also in marketing, the consistent conversation is mm. a part of it too. So no, I don't like having people sending me emails every week, but if I'm not hearing from someone on social media or email or anything like that, but once a year, I'm not going to keep them in my mind. So it's right. about this ongoing conversation because from a psychological perspective, I think that it's on an average of seven times that it can mm -hmm. take someone before they're necessarily going to pull that trigger. And the consideration process of the sales funnel can be totally different depending on your business. You know, for a musician, if it's, you know, I'm buying a song and it's two bucks online, it might take me five seconds. I might not even really like 
particularly relate to that music as much, but $3 out of my pocket for an artist is something I can do. So understanding your price, understanding a lot of things mm. in this sales funnel process helps you understand how often I have to communicate, what I need to communicate, when do I need to ask you to buy from me? Because sometimes people forget that marketing is actually saying, hey, purchase my stuff too. It's not just mm. this endless conversation of me and my brand. That's great too. But you need a little bit of that. Hey, I actually have something that you can buy. <laughs> right. But uh, obviously you don't want to overdo it. No, yeah. It really should there, be about a the, third. Yeah, there's the other side of the coin where it's like, oh, buy my stuff. I just released a single. Buy my t-shirts. Totally, totally. But connect with your audience. I mean, But I would say on average, most of the artists I know, especially the ones that are just so heart-centered, are the ones who are the ego less, where they will not, they'll be less likely to ask you to buy. Mostly the old school model is the buy, 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 do, 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 sell, sell, sell. That's not really what I see as much anymore. And so if you're running into that, like, yes, check yourself. But really, if you're not asking people to buy, like squeak yourself up a little more and, you know, like it's okay to say that. And a lot of times people will say too, but those are the posts that no one clicks on the most likes. Those are the posts that blah, blah, blah. You know what? If I get one like on a post, but it actually turns into money, I do not care. You know what I'm right. saying? Like if that's the thing that's actually converting someone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm getting the same engagement on a like or a heart, check the KPIs that you're really looking at, right? Check out the mm -hmm. stats that you're really comparing. Like what <laughs> does a <laughs> like matter more than dollar bills? I don't think so. So again, that's why I really love the idea of business planning and setting those frameworks. And a little bit of the work that I do is you need to know what statistics you're tracking mm -hmm. so that you can analyze them and really see what, what, what is working and not. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I like, um, I definitely want to touch base on, on something you just said is consistency. You know, you can't just... You know, you're not you two. You can't <laughs> like put out an album every three years anymore. You have to be consistently uh, in front of people's faces, whether that's, hey, I just made an omelet or, um, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. E even if you're not releasing music, there's still ways of putting out content. Yeah. And I, 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 I wish I would have read the article before I got on here, but there was a, a thing about how, it, I think it was on Instagram, someone was saying about how, artists are not you know not used to creating content they're used to their thing their art uh, but you know you just kind of have to take your art and kind of make little chunks about it uh, yeah. out of it and put it out there in different ways to get people interested well and i you know i completely agree with that but i also think that identifying what marketing tools work best for you and if you're someone who is never going to take photos of your work or never record like it's just not who you are go find a bunch of podcasts to be on let other people yeah. tell your story right find other ways to get content done right if you're the person who isn't going to be thinking about that hire someone, get your friend, get your partner to be like, oh, let's get photos of this, right? Like set yourself up for success and make it streamline. I talk a lot about batching content, you know, finding ways to just really streamline the work that you're doing um, so that you are making consistency work with your lifestyle. Don't don't feel like you're running this rat race of like, oh, I have to get another post. I have to do this. In fact, there are times that I will take two weeks off of social media. like, And I, I'm okay with that. And I know the repercussions that when I'm getting back up into things, it's going to take some time. 
it's okay to take breaks. You don't, you're not forced to be always out there, but when you're ready, when you're trying to make that money, when you're doing those things, yep. Got to get into that routine. <laughs> yeah. I love you. You brought that up. Cause I just literally just took two weeks off from releasing podcast episodes. Cause again, I got sick. Yeah. I, I managed to release my two episodes while I was sick, but then I'm like, you know what? I need a break. Yeah. No one died. <laughs> no, no, no one died. <sighs> What happened to our podcast? And truthfully, nowadays, again, in business, in this new business paradigm that I am just here for, loving, living for, it's actually about being human. It's about connecting. It's about saying, hey, I'm not feeling great and I'd love to give you content, but I actually need to prioritize myself. And that can go longer for you. So yes, consistency matters, but authenticity shouldn't be overshadowed either. Absolutely. I love rapping with you. We could do it forever and ever. We could. <laughs> Except I'm, uh, let's see. Do you have any other avenues to explore this topic? Yeah, I think that one of the things that is really, really valuable in understanding business is there are so many different industries mm. and in the different industries, there are so many different traditional marketing strategies and tactics, and then so many disruptive marketing and strategies and tactics. And so one of the things that's really great to do is if you're not sure where to start or you're throwing spaghetti against the wall and it's not sticking and you're confused as to why your silver bullet isn't coming, go research your industry. I was just watching uh, the Loki series, right, for a couple seconds and was like, how does Disney make their money off of the series of Marvel stuff that they do versus when they put stuff out in the big box? Like, what is their funding model here, right? Like, I was just yeah. getting all of my mind about it. If you can get into some of that knowledge, how are they actually making the money? And therefore, how are they using the marketing tools to make their money? Then you understand so much more how to get closer to the finish line. And if we know how to get to the finish line, it doesn't really matter if it's a silver bullet or if it's our own feet walking us there, right? <laughs> yeah. No, you just actually, you just uh, made me think of something. I've just gotten really into this YouTube channel called Dust. Mm -hmm. And it's a science fiction channel um, that basically promotes short films in sci-fi, but they're based... Cool. They, they, it, 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 it speaks to me because it's kind of like the old um, Twilight Zone. It's, it's these short science fiction films that make you really think. They're kind of, hey, this what might happen. Yeah. I, I posted on my Facebook like two days ago. There was one about uh, drones using hashtags and and people's face recognition, uh -huh. and they were, um, they were small explosives that basically killed the person dead in the head but they weren't huge explosives <laughs> but it, it, all these swarms of drones went to kill you know i don't know let's say uh, a group of students in this university that were protesting um animal cruelty let's say wow and obviously that's something that's been a thing but th this was a what if situation but it completely changed the landscape of humanity because the technology is already here. Right. Like, you could do that. But um, regardless of that, that that was was not the point of my thing. But it was. <laughs> no, but you needed the backstory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, this channel itself is really cool because it has all these different sci-fi films, different 
you know, filmmakers, animations, you know, live action, whatever, and all different variations of sci-fi. But it, 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 what you were saying really uh, came to me is like, well, Dust, to my knowledge, I, I haven't really dug into it too much, but to my knowledge, Dust doesn't make their own content, but they put out all these independent filmmakers films and they're obviously making a ton of money because right. they've got millions of subscribers and they do like a, a film every day or every week or something. Wow. And they've, you know, been doing it for a few years and there's a ton of content and a ton of subscribers. So obviously they're, they're making their money from the YouTube monetization model mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and these independent filmmakers get exposure and they're great films. So obviously it's in, it must be in some way beneficial to all parties, but yeah, again, I, I, that may be a bit of a tangent, but no, I think it perfect, that, it perfectly fits in where it's yeah. that understanding how businesses are making money is one of the mm -hmm. most valuable things that you can do as a creative entrepreneur. For sure. And again, if you're just a musician going to a live show, talk to that band after, right? See what information you can get. Do some research online. What are these funding models? How is money coming in? Because then it sets up you knowing how to market, how to set a sales funnel and how to grow and build sustainable businesses. So, I mean, I, I will geek out. I study and like, I'm always trying to be like, how are they making money? What are they doing? How's that working? Because I'm, that's kind of the world I work in. But you know, if you just need to study your industry to get some inspiration, that's okay too. Uh, I'm just going to call you out on just a musician. What are you talking about? Ah! <laughs> Wait, I don't even know exactly what the phrase I said around it was, but you know, there is no part of me that feels like that. I know. <laughs> Any just, creative entrepreneur. Giving you a hard time. I know. Um, I feel bad about that. I'm going to eat that word now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I no, I. But I completely agree. I mean, that that's that's the thing is you you've really got to to think outside. I hate using the phrase "think outside the box." It's so overused, but. Uh, again well that's why i like disruptive like disruptive yeah. business disruptive marketing i i've been kind of talking about it as kind of like the new business paradigm mm. i don't know i'm playing with sort of a lot of different words because every client i have comes to me being like yes i want to make money yes i want to be successful but i'm doing this because i want to give back because i want there to be art because i want to see beauty because i want to solve a problem because i you know there's always something else to it so there is this new dream where it's not these people are just saying, wow, what's the cheapest, crappiest thing I can put out there and make the most money off of so I can yeah. build spaceships for me and my cronies to go around it, right? Like, it's just, I, I love it. Too soon. <laughs> Honestly, I have so many thoughts about that. We might save that for the next one, though. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I definitely uh, want to, again, harken back to another episode, but, it, you know, if you... Um, talking to bands that seem to be successful is definitely a, a way of doing it for musicians. But you know, look at other industries. You know, right. I, I I had uh, I had a toy maker. I'm blanking on the name again. Comes with age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. She, I mean, we had that same conversation. She was a she she was a uh, a designer at Toys R Us, and then she's she has her own podcast and training you know platform that teaches people how to design toys for the toy mm -hmm. industry. And, you know, the reason we got connected is because we wanted to see, you know, just what happens in different industries and talk about that because she she said, 
you know, you have to look at other industries because if you're looking at your industry, you're going to get into that rut that everyone has and you're going to do the same things and you're going to make, you know, you might be successful, but you also might be making the same mistakes or the same things that don't work. But also look at, are they really, really looking at the industry? Because like we were talking about Mm. the silver bullet conversation, people just look at the shiny thing. They're like, well, look at this musician on this stage with thousands of people around. You're like, wait, they spent years. They spent building this career. They built their brand. So I think it goes perfectly to tie into the whole conversation too. So yeah, absolutely. All right, let's wrap it up. Anything else you want to kind of add to the, to the uh, subject matter in hand before we finish? You know, I just really appreciate that you brought the conversation to the table in a way that we're not just playing for clickbait. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that you brought that topic and you stated it directly because you want people to understand that they have to do the work. But it's a really robust, dynamic conversation to have. And business as creatives is a really robust, dynamic conversation. So I think that's just the point is keep going, keep working, keep trying, don't give up, reach out, we're here, and you got this. (laughs) For sure. So if people want to get in touch, listen to your podcast, ask you advice, all that good stuff, where do they go? You know, I still would say that my Instagram is the easiest platform because it's got the link tree that'll send you to either the Art Hero page, which is if you want business coaching and consulting, um, I mean business coaching, sorry, and that will really give you online DIY stuff or you can also hire me in tandem to work with you. And then if you really want to hire me as a consultant, you say, hey, I have the budget. Hey, I actually don't want to learn this stuff. I just want you to be your expert self. That's my JPH creative page. And that gives you a little shout out and highlight of like the clients I work with, the things that I've done. It's got some of my success stories on there. So it really just depends. Instagram is JPH creative biz. um, And that's the best place to go. Um, But otherwise, you can visit jph.com. Nope. Hold up. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) My personal website for consulting is jphcreative.biz. And then the coaching um, art hero one is arthero.biz. Try to keep it simple. Try to keep it easy. Check me out on Instagram or on one of those websites. Fantastic. And finally... I always like to play a, uh, a track from usually the artist I'm I'm interviewing, but since you work with so many different artists, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to in this episode? You know, I actually just had a client I worked with, gosh, maybe eight or so years ago when I was really heavy doing PR all over the country and stuff, reach out and ask if I was going to if I was willing to do PR for her recently and I'm really excited. And so her name is Alex Krug and she's going to be releasing some singles kind of at the end of the month, but I'll find one of her songs that we can have you put out now. Super amazing folky sound. It's got a slide guitar. She's just got this beautifully haunting, but kind of graspy ravelly voice. Like I just really love her style and she as a person is so caring, so compassionate, wants to bring people together, wants to have good community. And I've just, I really love working with her. So it's weird that I'm kind of getting all these throwbacks to PR and different yeah. festival work. And I've really been enjoying that and really excited to work with her recently. So I think we should play a song off her album. Fantastic. And I'll link her uh, details in the show notes and 
everyone can go check her out. So, and hopefully so you will have her on soon and she can yeah. talk more about the single and you can actually release the single. I just don't think that this episode will be out when there are singles ready for release. So Awesome. Well, watch this space. <laughs> well, as usual, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, I really appreciate you coming on and being my resident expert. So with that, you know, stay tuned and till the next time. It's such a pleasure. And I can't wait to do this again and talk about all the new updates we have next time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items, such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service, including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store, so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is the Alex Krug Combo with Overboard.